are Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Blackhawks. Today is Friday, September 11th, 2020. I am your host, Jack Bushman, tuning in for the 206th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. As always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast for free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. You'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day, so please be sure to go do that. Also, please go follow our Twitter page, which can be found at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good stuff being posted there every day. So, to start off this episode today, I have to take a quick moment to honor the brave heroes who gave their lives and to their families that were forever changed by the tragic events of September 11th, 2001. My deepest thoughts and prayers go out to everybody who was affected by that horrible incident, and we must never forget what the United States flag truly stands for. Alright, now let's get into some Blackhawks news to start off this Friday afternoon. We got an update from The Athletic's Scott Powers on Thursday. Once again, Scott being one of the best at what he does gives us something to talk about on today's episode. And Scott reported that the Blackhawks are interviewing former Chicago Steel forward Sam Colangelo, who is currently a prospect for the 2020 NHL Draft. Colangelo is uh, he's not a guy that the Hawks would probably probably be looking at to take 17th. Uh, that would be a bit of a reach as most uh, draft sources have him going somewhere in the middle of the second round. So that's possibly uh, a pick for the Blackhawks when they're on the clock for the 46th pick in the NHL draft. Uh, kind of like Alex Vlasic was last year for Chicago. Uh, but for Colangelo, he's been really impressive throughout his junior career, especially last season with the Steel. He played a huge role in their success. Uh, Chicago, The Chicago Steel, they wound up going 41-7-1 in the regular season en route to uh, first place. And they were eventually awarded the league championship after the season was canceled due to the COVID-19 pandemic, unfortunately, they weren't able to play out their postseason. But for Colangelo, he played in 44 of the team's 49 games this season. And in those 44 games, he recorded 28 goals and 38 assists for 58 points, so well over a point per game. And he also led the entire USHL with a plus 32 plus minus rating. So a really sound year of junior hockey for Sam Colangelo. Uh, and prior to that, he lit it up for Lawrence Academy in the U.S. HS Prep League, where he scored 19 goals and 29 assists for 48 points in just 28 games. He also played in the Holinka Gretzky tournament that season, where he tallied two goals in his five games played in that tournament. So, not only is this kid a point machine, he has clearly done a good job in every level he's played at so far throughout his junior career. But he knows how to score goals, and he's a big kid for being just 18. He's six foot two, 210 pounds, and I've read some scouting reports on Colangelo, who's committed to Northeastern University, by the way, 
which the Blackhawks are quite familiar with. Dylan Secura and Ryan Shea both attended Northeastern University not too long ago. Um, but the scouting reports on Colangelo all say that he's primed to be a power forward in the NHL because of his ability to use his size and skill to score goals. And we've seen that from him in the past. He scored 28 goals in 44 games this year in the USHL. And then when he was playing in the United States high school leagues, he had 19 goals in just 28 games. So he's a good goal scorer. Kind of uh, got the same body type as Kirby Doc. He's a big boy. But Colangelo's more of a natural goal scorer. But he can also play with the puck on his stick down low below the net as well. He's used his size to his advantage so far in his career. And the hope is that he will continue to add strength as he continues to grow and um, get more, some more experience. He's going to play a couple years of college hockey uh, for when he takes on bigger opponents at the professional level. And for Sam Colangelo, who could be on the board when uh, the Blackhawks are on the clock with the 46th overall pick, which I mentioned just a couple moments ago, they actually acquired that pick from the Vegas Golden Knights at this year's trade deadline is part of the deal for Robin Leonard. So he's definitely someone that could be a good fit for the Blackhawks because of his size. The Blackhawks are really missing that in their forward group right now. And that was really evident throughout the postseason. They were just getting out, out battled in the boards because of their lack of size. Alex Dabrinkit, that's not really his strength. Same with Dylan Strom. Patrick Kane for as scrappy as he is. That's not his uh, that's not really a department that he thrives in either. So Sam Colangelo kind of got the power forward size that Kirby Doc has, and it wouldn't be surprising to see the Blackhawks continue to try to add some size to their forward group as we know that's kind of the game they want to play going forward. So now that we have the Blackhawks officially interviewing prospects for the 2020 NHL Draft, which is less than a month away, don't forget, next week I am going to start taking a look at some players that the Blackhawks could take with that 17th overall pick, and there's a wide range of players that could possibly be selected here, so I think now is a good time to start breaking down some of the options and seeing who would be the best fit to help the Chicago Blackhawks Get back to contending for a Stanley Cup annually. Alright, I think I touched base on everything I wanted to mention regarding 2020 NHL draft prospect Sam Colangelo, who's coming off a very impressive season for the Chicago Steel of the USHL. Coming up in just a minute, I'm going to talk about Eddie Olchek's interview on the Blackhawks Talk podcast, where he spoke about the possibility of becoming an executive for an NHL team in the future. But first, I need to talk to you all about Bilt Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Bilt Bar is back, and they now have 18 total flavors. Six of them are new. The six new flavors are Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Cherry Barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, and Apple Almond Crisp, all of which, like the other 12 flavors, are all covered in 100% real chocolate and are soft, easy to chew, and great for the keto diet. Not only are all the bars low calorie and low sugar, but they are also a great source for protein and fiber. So make sure to go to BuiltBar.com today and use our promo code LOCKEDON in all caps to get $10 off your first order. One more time, be sure to check out BuiltBar.com for a delicious and healthy snack option and use our promo code LOCKEDON in all caps 
for $10 off your first Built Bar order. This is the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for listening today. I am your host, Jack Bushman. Be sure to check out my personal Twitter page, at JackBushman2, and my Blackhawks Twitter page, at TalkinHockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. Also, be sure to subscribe and follow Locked On Blackhawks for free, wherever you listen to your podcast, and also on Twitter, to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. So we just talked about the Blackhawks interviewing 2020 NHL draft prospect Sam Colangelo, who could be in the mix when the Hawks are on the clock with the 46th pick in the draft. And speaking of the draft, the NHL announced some updates this morning about what time the draft will take place and whatnot. So... Of course, this year's draft will be held virtually for the first time ever, but it will span over the course of two days like normal. So, the first round will kick off at 6 p.m. Central Time on Tuesday, October 6th. So, as I said, we're less than than a month away, ladies and gentlemen. And then day two, where rounds two through seven will be held, that starts at 10.30 a.m. Central Time on Wednesday, October 7th. So back-to-back days like normal, the only thing that's different is, of course, it'll be held virtually for the first time. So that second day is when you could see the Blackhawks possibly select forward Sam Colangelo. And then the NHL also announced that free agency will open up on Friday, October 9th at 11 a.m. Central Time. So October 9th, not July 1st, is when chaos will set in across the entire league which gives the Blackhawks less than a month to figure out what to do with Corey Crawford, Dominic Kubalik, Dylan Strom, Drake Kajula, and Slater Cuckoo, just to name a few players. All right, moving on now to Eddie Olchek's interview on the Blackhawks Talk podcast with the Blackhawks NBC Sports crew, where Eddie was asked about his opportunity to move on from the broadcast booth to an NHL hockey operations role, to which Eddie, humble as always, he basically beat around the bush the whole time as he didn't want to give away too much information. He never gave out any team names or anything. But he did all but confirm that he's interviewed with some teams for a few positions. He said he was honored to be looked at for some different ideas and whatnot. And he also said he's really thankful to be in the position he's in right now, he basically named every one of his co-workers from both NBC Sports and with the Blackhawks. He re- uh, reiterated on multiple occasions how thankful he is to be in the position he is right now, doing what he loves to do, being part of hockey. But he finished it off by saying, never say never. And for me personally, knowing Eddie, that means if he finds the right situation... And I really thought that if there was a right situation, it was going to be the Florida Panthers to be along with Joel Quenville, one of his good friends. But if he somehow finds another situation like that, that may be tough to do. 
uh, where a team also expresses mutual interest. It didn't seem like the Florida Panthers were too interested, and ultimately they went in another direction. Um, But if Eddie finds another situation like that where the team also expresses mutual interest, then it sounds like he's going to do it. But at the moment, he said there hasn't been any situation where a decision from him needs to be made or anything like that. So for right now, it sure sounds like Edzo is going to be back in the Blackhawks broadcast booth for the 2020-2021 season. But who knows, if there's a situation that seems right for him in the future, then I wouldn't be shocked in the slightest to see Eddie O get back into the game of hockey in a front office position. So there's the latest from Eddie Olchek himself on whether or not he'll ever get back into a hockey operations role with an NHL franchise. Before we move on, I just got word that Vegas Golden Knights goaltender Robin Leonard is expected to sign a five-year contract extension with Vegas. And like I said earlier this week, I've been seeing a 5 by 5 deal potentially for Leonard, which could affect Corey Crawford's decision in free agency. So we'll just have to wait and see what the final numbers are. But there you have it. Former Blackhawks goaltender Robin Leonard is expected to sign a five-year contract extension with the Vegas Golden Knights. All right, now I think that will take us to our daily Blackhawks 2020 postseason recap segment where I take a look at one player and discuss how they fared for the Blackhawks during their nine-game postseason run. Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. As always, I am your host, Jack Bushman. You can reach me on Twitter at JackBushman2 or at Talkin' Hockey, or you can also always email the Lockdown Blackhawks email, which is LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com for any questions you have about the show, myself, or anything that has to do with the remainder of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Okay, so we just finished discussing Eddie Olchek's interview on the Blackhawks Talk podcast about his thoughts on possibly getting back into a hockey ops role with an NHL team somewhere down the line. Now it's time for our daily Blackhawks 2020 postseason recap segment, with today's feature being the 8th overall selection in the 2016 NHL Draft, 22-year-old forward Alex Nylander. So, as we all know by now, Nylander was part of a one-for-one swap with the Buffalo Sabres for Henry Yokiharu last summer, which is a deal I'm sure Stan Bowman is still kicking himself for. At least I hope so. At least I I hope he knows how badly he messed up. Uh, Even with the surplus of young defensemen that the Blackhawks have in their pipeline at the moment, I still think this was a bad deal for the Blackhawks. Uh, And after scoring the Blackhawks' first goal of the 2019-20 season... It was essentially all downhill from there for Nylander as he went on to finish with just 10 goals and 16 assists for 26 points in 65 games played. He spent five games as a healthy scratch throughout the course of the regular season. Uh, Although he did have a couple of instances throughout the year where he flashed top six potential, there, there were spurts where 
I thought Nylander was going to find himself consistently playing in a top six role along with Jonathan Taze. That's usually where he was playing his best. But there were also moments where he just looked completely lost on the ice and possibly even disinterested. And after getting a look up close and personal at Nylander during the Blackhawks prospect development camp last summer, I can personally tell you that he has the skill to be a really good player in the NHL. He was dominant during that camp, and his play on his edges is the one thing that stood out to me. His ability to turn real, really quickly and create separation like that in the offensive zone, that's incredible. Not a lot of guys can do that. But inside the dots and in transition, that's where he really struggles. He can't play a very big game. And that's what we saw a lot of throughout the regular season. The three-and-a-half-month break from COVID-19, that didn't really help Nylander like it did Kirby Doc. As he, he basically looked the same in the postseason as he did prior to the pause. He got off to a pretty strong start in Game 1, where he recorded two shots on goal, and he finished with a plus-one, plus-minus rating in 16 minutes and 7 seconds of time on ice. We didn't really see him play that much throughout the regular season. That would also be his postseason high by over four minutes, funny enough. But Nylander unfortunately followed that up with a poor effort in Game 2, where he was a minus three along with Dylan Strom and Alex DeBrinkett on the team's third line. And he played just 11 minutes and 14 seconds of time on uh, of ice time. So he saw his ice time go down by nearly five whole minutes in just a matter of one game. And then in games three and four, Nylander was a bit better. He had five shots on goal and 20 minutes of ice time combined over those two games. But he was still unable to create any consistent scoring opportunities in the offensive zone, which was basically his story of the regular season as well. And then, against the Vegas Golden Knights, Nylander was just not on his A-games. He was basically unnoticeable when he was on the ice, as in the first four games of the series, he had just three shots on goal, and he was also uh, a culprit in the postseason of being too entirely passive with the puck on his stick. This was the case for a lot of players, Dylan Strome, Alex Nylander, Kirby Dock are the three that really come to mind right off the bat. And that wound up costing Nylander. He was a healthy scratch in favor of John Quenville in the Blackhawks' final game of the season. Kind of a slap in the face there to Nylander now that I think about it. And that was probably a decision that honestly should have come earlier in the series. But regardless, Nylander spent Game 5 against Vegas from up in the press box and That's not exactly where Stan Bowman or any of us pictured Nylander to be in an elimination game when uh, the Blackhawks traded away Henry Yokiharu, who was coming off of a really strong rookie season with the Blackhawks. He also won a gold medal at the IIHF World Championship with Team Finland, so I I still don't get that move, even though we do have a surplus of defensemen in the system, but that's that's for another day. Um, but in total, in his eight playoff games this year with the Blackhawks, Alex Nylander finished with zero points, a minus four plus minus rating, two penalty minutes, and just six hits and 11 shots on goal while averaging 10 minutes and 48 seconds of time on ice per game. Yikes, not a great showing here from Alex Nylander. Not quite performing at the level of his older brother, you could say. And while this was Alex's first full NHL season and his first bit of postseason action, 
He's been playing professional hockey for four years now, so to have this disappointing of a showing in the postseason, zero points, couldn't even generate one point, couldn't get a secondary assist. It was seriously like whenever he was on the ice, nothing good was bound to happen for the Blackhawks. And that was the case way too often during the regular season as well. He was given all the opportunities in the world to find a a home along with Jonathan Taze or Patrick Kane in the top six. And he never made the most of it on a consistent basis. And that's why he was playing a third-line role in these playoffs, which doesn't really suit his game. But at the same time, I don't even know what suits his game at this point. But he's still only 22 years old. I'm not going to let myself get too riled up about this. I'm not going to call Alex Nylander a bust yet. I'm not going to do it. But I'll be the first to admit this just isn't looking good. Zero points in eight playoff games. And he had, what, maybe one or two quality looks in those eight games. So considering all of this... I am going to give Alex Nylander a D-plus for his efforts in the postseason. There are just way too many times throughout the course of the game where he looks lost or I just ask myself, what the hell is he doing? I'm left scratching my head. So, he, he... I know he's still young. I will admit he had a couple of good back checks throughout the postseason. That's You know, it's sad when you're talking about someone's back checks at his highest point of the playoffs. Um, and I, I know he can be effective on his edges in the offensive zone, but he, he clearly needs to give himself better looks inside the dot. He needs to become a tougher player and tougher to defend right now because... It's clearly not working for him in the NHL so far. He's just way too easy to play against. So I suggest that Alex spend some more time training with his brother this offseason because I just gave him a D-plus for that horse crap performance he gave for for the Blackhawks in the postseason. All right, so I think that is going to wrap up Alex Nylander's 2020 postseason recap and Friday, September 11th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show and be sure to subscribe and follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app and you'll get the latest episode as soon as it comes out every day. And after the show, ask your smart device to play the Locked On NHL podcast for all the latest news from both the Eastern and Western Conference Final. Thank you again for tuning into today's episode. I am your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account at JackBushman2 or my Blackhawks account at TalkinHockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. For any questions at all regarding anything related to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, you can always email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com or call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thank you again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.